You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. So how have you done this year when it comes to getting Christmas gifts? Hopefully a lot better than Pastor Dan, right? Do you hear that? I mean, he just married, what, a year and a half, and he hasn't got his wife's Christmas gift. He, we may, let's, let's book the marriage counseling right now, Pastor Dan, like this. You don't do that. I, I, but he is going to be able to get help today in this service because I want to talk to you about the, the criteria for you and I getting the best gift ever. I'm going to give you five criteria that will help you get the best gift ever. How many can say, that's mean, I've done my Christmas shopping, and now you're going to tell me? Take notes for next year, all right? First is this. It's given not out of obligation, but because of love. How many, you know, well, we exchange gifts, or this is the tradition, and it's just given out of obligation, not out of love. Okay, if you're going to have the best gift ever, it needs to be given out of love. Second criteria for the best gift ever. It's given in the best interest of the receiver. How many have ever gotten a Christmas gift that is exactly what they wanted? <laughs> My wife's here in this service. Um, She's not the world's biggest chocolate lover. I think God gave us chocolate as a foretaste of heaven, especially if it's Purdy's dark chocolate. You know what I'm saying? So if I put that in her stocking, guess who I'm getting it for? But if I get her, as she intones it, chips, guess who I'm buying those for? Both of us. All right. So may not be the best gift ever because the best gift ever is in the best interest of the receiver. Third criteria. It's the giver personally sacrifices to give the gift to you and even to get the gift to you. You know, when I thought of that, I thought of that one Christmas, I was in my late teens. My oldest brother had been transferred by a computer company to Ottawa and it would be the first Christmas the family wasn't together. He'd be there with his wife and my nephew, his little boy, Wayne. And we were going to be separated that Christmas. But what my brother did when he got off work, December 24th, earlier in the day, he drove through Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. And guess who arrived on December 25th? You know, that was... Thank you. Oh... That, that sacrifice was the best part of the gift. That they had gone to all that trouble to be there. That, that, that was the best present. Their presence at such sacrifice was the best present. All right, fourth, it's a gift that lasts and can be appreciated more and more over time. It's a gift that lasts. So we're, we're not talking about something that's going to go unused or unappreciated or that was re-gifted or we'll end up in a landfill, or Value Village, right? All right, five. Here's the fifth criteria. It's, it's going to be the greatest gift ever. The giver is not expecting reciprocation. I have it on no less an authority than Wikipedia. Here's their definition. A gift or a present is an item given to someone without the expectation of payment or anything in return. So how are you doing? 
How did you do? Did you do all right? You know, Dr. Van was in the uh, first service and he just got back from a trip to Africa where he made this academic presentation to some very significant academics from around the world. Do you think he brought me back anything? <laughs> Forget the best gift ever, just nothing, you know? Yeah, a hug and that was it. Anyway, in this series, we've been taking the filters off. What's it going to look like when we take the filters off? I mean, sometimes we have been surprised. Do you remember when we looked at this picture, perfect family Christmas tree of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and Matthew outlines it. And he's got these three sets of 14 generations, six sets of seven, and then comes Jesus Christ. It's just so perfect. And so many of our Bible heroes are there. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and then we come to people like Judah. And, and what's this? what are these foreigners doing in the family line of Jesus? What's a prostitute? What's, what are these people doing? And, and we understand that in the family tree of Jesus, right down to his family today, how many know the only way we get in is because of God's grace? And then Pastor Jonathan last weekend helped us see Joseph, that mysterious figure in the nativity scene that does not say one word in the entire Bible, and yet his life speaks so very, very loud about obedience and humility and trusting God. Wasn't that a great teaching? So are we going to be disappointed today when we take the filters off of God's greatest gift? Are we going to be surprised when we take the filters off and look at God's gift to us. What if we take the same five criteria and apply them to God's Christmas gift to us? All right, let's do that. Number one, it's given not out of obligation, but because of love. It's possible just to give out of obligation. You know, it reminded me of a story of this one woman. She was in such a rush and such a panic. And, and, and she was so behind in her Christmas plans that she always, every year, had sent out uh, uh, Christmas cards, old school, uh, through the post office, just to some people that she wanted to stay in connection with at least once a year. And so she was shopping frantically, and she, she saw a box of 50 Christmas cards. And she, and she liked the picture on the front. She thought, I'll take those. And she went home, and she got the envelopes done to all of these friends that she has. And then she... Uh, got the stamps and put them on. She rushed them right down, put them directly into the post office box, and then went back upstairs and was cleaning up and just happened to open up one of the cards to see what she had just said to every one of those friends that she had just mailed a, a, a Christmas card to. And it said this, this Christmas card is just to say, a little gift is on the way. <laughs> see, that would be giving out of obligation, right? That's giving out of obligation. So let's see how does God do when he gives us his son. Watch this now. If people don't know any other verse in the Bible, they often will know this one. It's the favorite verse in the entire Bible. God so what that he gave? God so loved. What motivated his giving? Not obligation, love. The same apostle John who wrote those words words, the favorite verse in the Bible, went on to write this. He says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent. He gave his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. How many know 
That's the most authentic expression of love ever. When you love so much that you sacrifice to give. All right. How does God do with the second criteria with his Christmas gift? It's given in the best interest of the receiver. Now, my dad, and I've told you some positive things about him over the years. He was a success, had a successful career in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. He was a policeman. Great dad. Great husband. But he certainly wasn't the best gift giver. Especially to my mom. You know, it's interesting, is it, when you look back on those days when you're a kid and now you sort of understand the dynamics that were happening between mom and dad. <laughs> well, I remember, I, I remember one thing. It's embarrassing to know what anniversary it was. It was a wedding anniversary. Guess what my dad brought home for my mom for their wedding anniversary. And, uh, you know, she gets this gift and he's sort of proud of it. I can remember him, you know. He's still dressed in his police uniform. He brings it home and he gives it to her for the anniversary and she, and she unwraps it. And what do her expectant eyes doth appear? <laughs> but a RCMP commemorative edition bookshelves. <laughs> so romantic. I remember one when, when Christmas, he thought he was going big. He gave her a sewing machine. Anyway, it, it, it just, anyway, that, that, that was not, see, watch this. We need to understand, if you're going to give a good gift, you have to be thinking not of yourself, but of the, yeah, because that's what love is. Do you remember? Love is sacrificing to bring about God's best for someone else. Now watch this. The reason why we say God's best is this. There are times people want something, but it's not the best for them. I have grandsons, they think they should have the keys to my truck. Do you know what I'm saying? Not the best for four-year-olds. All right? So when you, when you give someone a gift, it has to, you don't give them something that'll do them damage. I want this. Well, maybe you're not ready to handle it. Maybe it's not the right thing. Maybe it's not the best thing for you. So we understand that. But we also understand that when you give a gift, it is not for you, it is for the receiver. So how did God do with that when it came to us? Let's look at my favorite Christmas verse for the answer. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet, say it with me, yet for your sake he became poor. Say it with me so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. How many know it was for our sake, it was all about us? When God gave the best gift ever, he was thinking of the recipients. What was the very best that he could do for us? Isn't that amazing? Someone should say hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, our, our God is... So, so God is doing wonderful here in the gift that he gives to us. He's given not out of obligation, but out of love. He's given in the best interest of the receiver. How does he do with the third criteria? The giver personally sacrifices to give the gift to you. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, I know where your mind went. You automatically thought his sacrifices to give the gift to you. You're thinking of the cross, right? And of course, that's a right and right on place for our mind to go to the cross, the greatest sacrifice that was given for us. But watch this. 
Watch this. God's Christmas gift didn't begin at the cross. It didn't begin when the baby cried in the manger in a little town of Bethlehem. Get this. God's gift to us began. Began before time began, before creation. Listen to this. The Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. So he's back before creation. He's making all that has been made with Father God and the Holy Spirit. See, here's the part that gets missed in the Christmas story. People think, oh, it all began with the baby in the manger in Bethlehem. No, it didn't. No new person came into existence when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. This was the ancient of days. The one who has existed for all time. This is the one who had such closeness with the Father. They said, let us, plural, let us make man in our image. This is the God who from eternity past decided to confine himself within the cell tissue of a Nazarene teenager. A Jewish girl from Nazareth. And and you can hear a little bit of as Jesus grows up, you can, you can just hear a little bit of this longing for what he used to have in eternity past. Remember he, 12 years old at the temple. Don't you know I must be about my father's business? And then when he's baptized, Father God, it's like he just can't hold it back. And he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then you hear Jesus just before he goes to the cross. Listen to him. He prays this to Father God. He says, Father... Glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world began. Before the world began, he had a glorious relationship with his father. Never forget this, that part of the gift to you, part of the sacrifice to bring the gift to you, was God's son deciding to leave heaven because he loved you that much. The Christmas story begins way before creation, way before we were born, and certainly before Jesus was clothed himself with human flesh and was born as a baby in the manger. Isn't that amazing? That means, look at what he left behind. Let's let's go back to my favorite verse. Listen to how he says it here. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though, say it with me. Oh, oh, was he rich. He was so rich. Adored by angels and heavenly beings in a perfect environment where he only knew trust and complete love, where there was creativity and wondrous beauty. Everything was perfect. How many understand he was rich? He was rich. But for our sakes, he became poor so that through his poverty, we might become rich. You know, the the early Christians had a song they would sing about this. The lyrics are recorded in Philippians. He emptied himself. Listen to this. He who did not consider equality with God something to reach for, made himself nothing. Taking upon himself the form of a servant, he emptied himself. We're going to sing a song at the end of our teaching time today that says, Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Light of the world. How many know that was one giant leap for mankind when he left the glories of heaven to come to our mess 
here on earth? Oh, I think it's a good time to say thank you, Jesus, again. Thank you, Jesus, for the greatest gift ever. You know, it's when someone sacrifices that the gift means a lot. Esther and I were helping a single parent. Uh, I won't call the guy who left her what I want to call him. But anyway, he left her and two daughters. And Esther and I, Esther was helping and just encouraging and helping in the house. And I did some repairs uh, uh, before Christmas Day one year. We went in and just helped and encouraged uh, the two daughters. Christmas time came, and I got a Christmas card from the mom and two daughters that we had helped open it up, and there's a Home Depot card in there. Well, like, the reason why we were helping them is because they couldn't afford it, and to encourage them. And I said, Esther, she can't afford this. And I said, well, she's trying to give out of love and express appreciation. And, and I, okay, then, and if it was cash, I would have found a way to get it back to her. Do you know what I'm saying? But it was a gift card, so I went to Home Depot at one of those desks, and I said, you know, I have no idea how much is on this card. Could you check it for me? And they put it through the machine, and, and, and he said, well, you won't get much for this. It's $5. And I turned away in tears, and I just thought to myself, yeah. But she sacrificed to give that. She sacrificed to do that. I mean, you know, there, there's no one that has sacrificed more to give to you than when God gave a son. And that's why it means so much, because, because he was rich, and he became poor for us. The giver personally sacrifices to give the gift to us. You know, we sing that song, oh, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon the cross. And every bit of that is true, but how many know he started paying for it when he was rich, and he left those riches behind so that you and I could become rich with his grace? Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then, and then four. Here's the fourth criteria. The gift lasts and can be appreciated more over time. Now, how can anyone ever give a gift that's just going to last and be appreciated more and more over time? You know, I remember when pastoring in Edmonton, I uh, would see a lot of people, and sometimes at lunchtime, just to clear my head, I'd walk a little less than a kilometer down to the Bonnie Dune Mall uh, on the southeast side of Edmonton, just to grab a lunch and just to walk through the mall on a cold winter day. And, um, and I, walk, I would walk in the Sears door because that was the closest one. And I walked into Sears and I no sooner got to the first major aisle going this way than there was a, an employee that was bringing one of those carts with a whole bunch of boxes on it. And it came up to me and I found myself, I just had to stop. And suddenly, I don't know where all these women came from. Like I, there was a mini mob of women that were pushing me back from this cart and just going. And it was a whole cart that was empty in 30 seconds of all those back boxes of Cabbage Patch dolls. In the 2000s, remember Furby? It's a Canadian company now that has the hottest toy in the world, Hatchimals. Haven't heard about them? If you're outside of Canada, you have. Anyway. <laughs> What am I saying? I'm saying that yesterday's hottest toy is going to get cold quickly <laughs> and be replaced by something else that will be replaced by something else. So how's God going to do with this to give a gift that lasts and can be appreciated more over time? Well, let's go back to that favorite verse that everyone has in the Bible. God so loved that he 
gave, that's his motivation for giving, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not, would not perish. So it's not going to go away. It's not going to perish what God has given us. Matter of fact, he says, it won't just perish, but have everlasting. It's going to last forever. So God does it. He gives us a gift that lasts and can be appreciated more and more over time. Isn't that great? How many in this room can say, the longer I follow Jesus, the sweeter he gets. I just see more and more of this gift that was given to me. And the more I see of it, I just causes me to admire and love and adore Jesus Christ all the more. Right on? It's the way it is, you know. I, I, matter of fact, I, I, didn't, I never told you this when I was lead pastor. But I, I, it's about time I told you. Did you know that I'm very wealthy? I'm very rich. Esther, you didn't even know that. I <laughs> guess I just blew the illustration right there, didn't I? You say, did you win a, a lottery? No, I don't gamble. But I, I'm richer than any lottery could ever make me. And, and somebody can say, well, I know, I've heard you. I know where you're going with this. We're so blessed to live in Canada and the safety and security and the health care and all the water, more water than any other nation, fresh water than any other nation in the world. We are so blessed to live in this country. And that's all true. Others of you thinking, I know where he's going. He's going to say, oh, I have grandchildren, so I'm blessed. I'm so rich. Others are going to say, and he has us as his church family. That's why he's so wealthy. That's why he's so rich. All of that would be true. But independent of that, I want to tell you, I am, I am really, really rich. Full disclosure today. Did you know I have a non-taxable inheritance that a downturn in the stock market cannot even affect? I have a permanent residency that just continues to go up and up and up in value that no downturn in the real estate market could ever cause to decline. I have better than an RSP, I have better than any pension plan, and it keeps getting bigger the longer I serve the Lord. Now some of you are saying, okay, yeah, we knew you were gonna go spiritual on us. Tell us about your riches on earth. Tell us how wealthy you are. Okay, 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 I said full disclosure. Let's talk earthly riches. I have a love that never fails. I have a peace that even when I can't understand what's going on circumstantially or in situations in my life, even when the peace, even when that's going on, I have a peace that passes all understanding. I have a joy that keeps me joyful even when I have nothing to be happy about. And I have a friend, he calls me friend, who is with me 24-7, who has promised that whatever I go through, he will never leave me nor forsake me. How many know I am rich? And when all this is over here, <laughs> I go to be with my best friend forever in a place that he has gone ahead to prepare for me, and I will be in perfect health and with him forever and ever with his creativity and, and with the best people ever, including you. I am rich. You say, how did all that happen? Well, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Though he was rich, for my sake he became poor. 
so that through his poverty I might become rich. How many know Scotiabank got it right? You're richer than you think. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, how does he do with the fifth criteria? The giver is not expecting reciprocation. You may be watching online and not even be a follower of Jesus. I want you to know, if you never become a follower of Jesus, he will still love you as much as if you did become a follower of Jesus. He didn't wait until you got good enough and then decide, well, they're good, they're good. I'll give my life for them. No. Let's let Paul explain to us what he told the Christians in Rome when he wrote to them. He said this, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still we were at our worst. We had nothing to give back to him, nothing to offer to him, only to receive from him. How many know freely he has given? We freely receive. He's, he's a giver that's not expecting reciprocation. So how does God do in meeting the criteria that we've seen for giving the best gift ever? Have you noticed this? That when you take the filters off, his gift even looks better. <laughs> the closer you look at it, the more you realize how loved you are and how much he has sacrificed to bring his forgiveness and eternal life to you. So what's the application of this teaching? Be a better gift giver? <laughs> I, I, someone say to me, at the end of one of our services, they said, I just learned how, what a crummy gift giver I am. I said, well, there's always next year. <laughs> we can learn a lot from this God, you know. Had another lady tell me at the end of the last service just a few moments ago in the lobby, she said, you know what? I was so stressed when I came in. She says, you just lowered my blood pressure. I said, I'll send you the bill. No, I didn't. <laughs> But my prayer all week has been, Lord, for those who gather, because we get so stressed about who's coming and how we're going to make it look perfect and who, what we don't have for someone and is it going to be all right? And we just need to just take a moment in the presence of the Lord to say, you know what? If I never got a gift this Christmas, I've still already been well taken care of. I've been given the best gift ever, the very best gift ever. So what's the application? We'll never be as good of a gift giver as our God. So I was preparing this message. I was thinking of the people that stress and try and make Christmas perfect. I was thinking about all the different places this Christmas will find you, those online. Not just geographically, but emotionally. I've got family members struggling this Christmas. I was thinking about those who couldn't afford much this year, just maybe new to Canada or the job situation, the finances. You can't afford to give the gifts you really wish you could have given. I was thinking about those who, maybe this is the first Christmas since the divorce. I was thinking about those that are separated from their kids and their grandkids due to conflicts and or those that are here in Canada, but the people you usually celebrate Christmas with are somewhere else in another country of the world. Or maybe it's a Christmas without that partner who has passed. 
I was thinking about those who are smiling on the outside, but their hearts are aching on the inside. And the truth is, every one of us, watch this now, every one of us in this room and online can choose to focus on what we don't have or who isn't there this Christmas. Any one of us can find something that we could focus on that isn't what we would wish for. So the application is this. Whatever gift you have or don't have, whatever person is with you or not with you, here's the gift that you do have. You have a loving Heavenly Father, who happens to be the creator of the whole universe, who knows all about where you are at this Christmas, who has left the riches of heaven in the person of his son, not out of obligation, but because that's how much he actually loves you, to give you what is in your best interests, an extravagant gift that no circumstance, no person, not even any demon of hell can take away. As a matter of fact, this gift is only going to get better and better and better because it is forever and forever. You know, there was a, a village uh, just inland from the coast of Africa, and one a person, a teacher, was teaching a school there of these African children, uh, and, and she represents so many who this Christmas are away from Canada and we're supporting them that are ministering to children and bringing good news to adults and doing medical work and all kinds of good things all around the world. And, and she was there and it came to December and so she was explaining to her classroom of African children what Christmas was all about. A, a boy in the class put up his hand and he said, why do uh, Christians exchange gifts at Christmas? It's Jesus' birthday. Why do other people get gifts? And so she answered this. She said, gifts are an expression of our joy over the birth of Jesus, who is the greatest gift. And so we celebrate that by sharing gifts with each other. Well, Christmas Day came. There was a knock on her door. She opened up the door. There stood the boy who had asked that question. And in his hands, he had a gift. The most beautiful seashell. She had never seen one like it. She said, oh my goodness, that's gorgeous. Where did you get this seashell? He said, oh, he says, there's only one place you can get it. I, I walked to the coast and I walked up to the coast of this bay and it's known that they are the most treasured, precious seashells that you can find. And so I brought that and she said, oh my goodness, you should not have traveled all the way up there just for me. He stood there proudly and he said, Long walk was part of gift. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. You knew that we would turn away from you, but you still came to earth to pay the price for our damage and to give us a second chance. Thank you, Jesus. See, I'm not minimizing anybody's challenges this Christmas, and my objective is not to lower your blood pressure. I'm just inviting every one of us to take a closer look at how much he went through to bring us the greatest gift ever. That's the reason we have Christmas. To recognize how rich you really are. To realize that if we never got one gift this Christmas, we've been still given the very best gift ever. So before you head out into your busy days of wonderful celebrations, I love the way Matt prayed earlier, and help us, Jesus, to shine.
whatever situation, whatever we're facing, help us to shine because we carry the very best gift ever. Amen? So let's pray about this together. God, thank you. Thank you, Father God. It's because of your love we know what love is. We know what real, authentic, genuine love is. Thank you for acting in our best interests and giving your all Jesus, thank you for not just coming to earth at Christmas. Thank you for not just going to the cross at Easter time. But thank you for leaving heaven for us. You didn't have to. You could have stayed in those comfortable riches. But you came, and now we have the opportunity to say yes to you and to have heaven with you forever. And oh, we're looking forward to that. The best part of this gift is, is yet to be unwrapped when we're in your presence forever. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.